0: guests here, anybody who's here for the first time this morning, so glad you're with us. And if that's you this morning, we have a special guest, uh, gift for you. If you go out in the foyer to my left and your right, there is uh, a book for you as well as another gift. We'd like to just say thank you for coming and checking out New Hope Church. And if you're watching on Facebook this morning, I want to welcome you and uh, you're glad you're with Comments and observations as we go through the message uh, this morning. We're continuing through a sermon series called I Want to Believe But, and we've been looking at lots of different questions, as as you know, if you've been following along with us, different uh, obstacles to faith. Questions like, How do I know God exists? and Why should I trust the Bible? And uh, it's been a good time. And if, if you are intrigued by any of these questions that we've been looking at, you can always go back on Facebook and you can watch uh, previous messages that live there, and, and they're available for you to watch at any time. Today we're taking on a question that is one that I imagine everybody here has, has either felt or, or thought, or maybe you said it out loud. Maybe it was a question that you voiced because it was so frustrating uh, to you and one that you're struggling with. And maybe that's where you're at today. The question we're looking at today is, I want to believe, but why doesn't God answer my prayers? Ever been there? And again, maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe that's how you're, you're feeling today. Uh, uh, just kind of a, a fun little exercise here. Uh, what I want everybody to do is I want, to, I want you to think back growing up. What was your favorite TV show? What was your favorite TV show? In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and tell them what your favorite TV show was growing up. Not necessarily today, but growing up like as a kid. Go ahead. Right, we have some fun going down memory lane here. I think. All right, anybody say "I Love Lucy"? We got that one. We got that. Nobody. Okay, Brady Bunch, The A Team. That's like my generation. Okay, so so we have we have these different shows that we like. Oh, there's some some that'll take you back in the day, right? Some of those uh, TV shows. But if you are 40 years old or older, this is what you remember. You remember that when your favorite TV show came on, you had to look up when it was on. You had to be there in front of the TV when it came on with the TV on because if you missed the time it came on, you missed it forever, right? I mean, that was it. It played then 30 minutes, and then it was gone, and that was it. Now, I know you millennials, you're like, that's weird. Like, what are you talking about here? High school students are like, what is that all about? But that's the way it used to be. But today it's not. T- today, everything is on demand, right? Everything is when you want it. So you can watch, you could binge watch Downtown A- Abbey, what's it called? Whatever. Whatever show you want to watch, you can binge watch that show the whole season in one day if you wanted to and, and enjoy it. But that's not the way it used to be. See, today we, we watch what we want to watch when we want to watch it and without commercials. That's the way we want it today. That's what we're used to. And it's not just about TV shows, is it? Because we become so accustomed to things being fast, things being quick coming our way and convenient, and so we want things uh, that way in all all parts of our lives. We want everything, if you will, on demand. Now, here's the key, though. If we're not careful, we can begin to picture and want an on-demand God where he shows up when we want him to show up, and he does what we want him to do when we want him to do it. And we can begin to treat him that way or think of him that way. And when that happens, then we begin to think of God like some cosmic Coke machine that we show up, we drop our quarter, it's not a quarter anymore, our five bucks in the machine, and we push what we want, and we think right away it should drop out, the answer, the results, God is our genie in the bottle. You rub the lamp, you get your wish. Our pet monkey that we say dance now and we expect him to do what we want and when we want. But that's not God, is it? And sooner or later, if we have this picture of God in our mind, whether we, we, we plan to get there or not, or we just kind of absorbed it, because this is how we treat all of life, sooner or later, God is going to allow us to get to a place where we're going to wonder and struggle with, God, why didn't you show up the way I expected you to show up? He's going to allow us to experience something that is going to fight against that inside of us, this notion that we want God to do what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. Ever been there before? And it shows up in prayer, probably first and most. Maybe this is your story. Maybe as a kid, you prayed and prayed for your mom and dad's marriage, that mom and dad would would make it through, and they wouldn't have to separate, and that's not what happened. Well, God, where are you? Or maybe you, you're praying for a loved one. There's someone you love and you care deeply and, and they're sick and you're praying for them and you're praying for healing and God just works different. And it's so easy to say, God, do you care and do you notice? We've been in these places before. Maybe, maybe you're in a place in life or you know somebody who's in a place in life and you're ready to start a family and you've been praying for a, a baby and it just doesn't seem to work out. And year after year passed, but then you look around and every teenage girl who doesn't want a baby seems to be getting pregnant and you wonder, God, what is this all about? You see, we find, these, our, our, we find ourselves in these places sometimes where, where it, God allows us to experience what it's like when he's not our on-demand God. When we think everything should be this way, but it's not. And he allows us to struggle with that. And here's the big idea for this morning. And if you take nothing away, I want you to take this idea away. It's your first fill in the blanks. If you have your bulletin and you're filling in blanks and all that, here it is. Here's the first fill in the blank. It's this, is that on-demand God doesn't exist. Now, God exists, but on-demand God doesn't exist. See, God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. He doesn't exist to do what we want and when we want it. We exist to come under him and to follow him. He is not our celestial sugar daddy. He does not exist to make us happy, healthy, and wealthy. That's not who he is. And that's not how we should treat him. Sometimes in our American culture we can slip into this. And we can find ourselves in this place. And then again, we struggle in prayer. And so what I want us to do this morning is I want us to take a moment and to come back to God's character. I want to look at who does God say that He is? And I want to take that picture of who God says that He is and maybe draw a contrast between our picture of who God is. Because sometimes it lines up and sometimes there's dissonance there. And sometimes we recognize that the way I've been thinking about who God is is actually not who He says He is. That He's actually very different. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at three character traits. We're going to look at three character traits to help us see what it is in terms of who he is. Because here's the question, it's your next fill in the blank, it's this. Is if God doesn't exist to serve us, then who is he? If God doesn't exist to serve us, then who is he? And when we learn who he is, and we see these three different character traits we're going to look at this morning, and we combine those together in this picture of who God is, what that's going to help you and I to do is not only to worship God properly, but it's also going to help you to in your own life when you're struggling with, with, with something, and you're praying for God and saying, God, would you show up, and would you work in my heart, and would you work in this situation, this circumstance, and God does something different. Maybe he says no, or maybe he says wait. It's going to help you to understand and provide some groundwork for you and I so that we can understand what God is up to better and we can worship him still in that place even when we want to cry out, God, I want to believe, but why don't you answer my prayers? That's our goal this morning. So grab your Bibles if you would, please. We're going to be in some different places this morning. If you have a tablet or smartphone, uh, youversion.com is a great place to go, and you can um, pull up these different books and follow along that way. So here's our first character trait. Again, we're going to look at three character traits this morning. Here is the first one I want us to look at it's this: it's this, that God's heart is always loving. This is who He is. God's heart is always loving. Now, if you're a parent here this morning or a grandparent, you've been in that place uh, before, uh, there's at least two things I know about you. Uh, One is that no matter the the age of your child, whether it's young or an adult, you always love your kids, no matter what. Now, there's days they'll drive you crazy, and there's days if you had the receipt, right, you'd probably exchange it and turn them in for a new model or something like that. I get that, but you always love your kids no matter what. And the second thing that I know about you is this, is that if you're a good parent, there's times when you will say no to your kids, right? You'll say no. And that actually makes you a good parent. It, just this week, in fact, one of my kids, I'll let you guess which one, was like, can we have ice cream for dinner? No, of course not. No, Dad, can I have the new iPhone X, Y, Z, whatever? No. In our house, we call it the gift of No. And so we're happy to say no. We love saying yes, too, don't misunderstand. But it's okay to say no, because no protects, no develops. And I would much rather build something and develop something in my kids than just do something for my kids. And so a good parent will say no to their kids. And God is much the same way. See, here's here's the key. Loving someone doesn't mean always doing what they want. Did you catch that? Loving someone doesn't mean always doing what they want. And that's the way God interacts with us. God's heart is always loving, but it doesn't mean he always does exactly what we want. It doesn't mean that that's how he responds to us. See, God's love is not measured based on how he responds to your prayers. He just loves you. Let's look at a scripture here in Romans chapter 8, a well-known passage. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It says this, Paul's writing. It says that who shall separate us from, and here is the love of Christ, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or, or sword, I mean, the big idea here, it's using hyperbole, but it's this idea that there's nothing in the, in the created world that can separate you from God's love. You can turn your back on Him, but He will not turn His back on you in terms of His love for you. That that is fixed and in place. Jump with me to verse 37. He says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him, speaking of God, who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the, the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Three times in this passage he calls out the love of God for you. And some of you this morning, you need to hear this. You need to hear that God loves you. It doesn't matter about your past. doesn't matter about your mistakes. doesn't matter about today. That God's love for you is fixed. That he loves you. It's a love you cannot escape from. You can try to run, but his love is always there and always with you and always for you. Again, in God's love is not proved by how he answers prayers. You know how God's love is demonstrated? Proved, if you will? The cross. It's proved, it's evidenced through Jesus, who went to the cross in our place, who died for our sins in our place. If if ever there was a moment where you questioned God's love for you, look at the cross and look what the Son of God did for each one of us, leaving his throne in heaven, taking, uh, putting on a human suit, living the life we couldn't live without sin, and going to the cross in our place. That's how the love of God is demonstrated, not in answer to prayer and how he responds. See, God is so faithful and God is loving. He will provide everything that you need, and the cross demonstrates that, but not necessarily everything you want. Sometimes it's the love of God that says no. Sometimes it's the love of God that says, not yet. Soon, but not yet. We can trust him for that. See, God's character is he is always loving. But let's add to this piece a second character trait. It's this. Second character trait is this, is that God's ways are always ha- higher. Not only is God's heart always loving, but God's ways are always higher. And what I mean by this is that God's ways are, let's just, let's just kind of say it what it is, they're better than our ways. His ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. His plans are always better. And some of us this morning, you hear that and you nod your head this way and you say, yeah, I get it. And yeah, I've seen it in my life. And yeah, I totally agree. I have seen this over time and again of God's faithfulness and God's wisdom, and I can trust Him. But some of you this morning, you're shaking your head maybe this way. Because again, although you can hear this, and we can, as we will in a moment, read it in Scripture, but there's still those things in life that come that hit really hard. Why did I lose my job? Or, why did this happen, or why did my father pass away?" or what, whatever the case may be, and these moments happen, and we begin to wonder about God's plans, and we begin to wonder about His wisdom, and we begin to wonder, can I trust Him? See, this is kind of a lordship thing where we, kinda, we, we learn through this process, if God's ways are always higher, do you agree with that or not? Because see, sometimes, well, maybe a lot of times, if we're really honest, we want God to tell us His plans. And then we want the opportunity to give some input on God's plans, don't we? Like, he needs some advice, some help, a little little spurring along of speed, like, God, let's get going here. Like, that's what we want. This is something we want so often to take over, don't we? And yet God says, no, that's not what my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Let's look in Scripture where he says this, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So he's calling out here right away in verse 8. Look, the way I do things is not the way you do things. They're just different. They're just different. Continue, verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Higher meaning, again, better. My ways are better. My thoughts are better. And I hope this these verses encourage you. Because if this is true, and it's in scripture and it is, but if this is true, that means you can trust God for the plans he has for you. That you can trust God as you're praying that God's answer is the best answer. You can trust him for that. I I mean, consider the character traits of God. Consider this. Consider that God knows all things. I think this is mind blowing. God never learns. You ever think about that? Nothing ever occurs to God. Like, a, oh, I never thought of that. Like, that doesn't happen with God. He's all-knowing. You can trust Him. Also, God is not bound by time like we are. I mean, for God, it's all the same. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, He's outside of all that. He sees it all. He knows it all. He's omnipresent in that regard. And God is loving. He's for you. He's not against you. He wants good things for your life. He wants to work in you to do something very specific. You know what that is? It's not to necessarily make you happy, healthy, wealthy, all those kind of things. That's not His end goal. His end goal in His love, working in your life, is to make you more like Jesus. That's what He wants to help you and I become more Jesus-like. And so as you consider, God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He's working on your behalf to help you become more like Jesus. This is a God you can trust. His ways are higher. His ways are better. And we can come underneath that and submit to that. Some of us need to be reminded of that this morning. And I, I don't know about you, but in my life, I, there have been times where I have, I have uh, prayed, of course, and I have trusted God for things, and a no, an answer has been a no or it's been a not now. And I can look back and I can say, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for not answering yes to that prayer. Because even though in that moment, that's what I thought was best, even though in that moment I, I was pleading God for you to come through for a certain way that I thought was wise and I thought was best, thank you that you knew better than that and thank you for the no. Sometimes we can look back, and when we do, that'll build your faith and your trust in God. But you know what? There's other times where I've had and prayed, like you, and God has said no, or God has said not now, and I don't understand. There's times I I don't get it. There's times I still wonder, and I say, God, I mean, where were you in all that? And it it doesn't all come together nicely with the bow on top, because that's kind of how life is. Sometimes we can see it, sometimes we can't, but no matter what, and if you're here this morning and you're in that kind of place and you're like, God, what are you doing? And as I look back, I don't get it. Can I encourage you, just hang in there. Hang in there and continue to trust God and continue to trust God that he is, his heart is loving, Romans 8, that he, he's loving, he's for you. And Isaiah 55, that he's trustworthy, that his plans are good. Because sometimes faith... That's the evidence and the reasons you have to hang on to those two ideas and to trust God moving forward, even though you don't have all the answers and the clear picture isn't in front of you. But you keep moving forward, walking with Him. Those are two character traits. Number three, our last one for this morning. Number three is this, is that God's presence is always enough. Not only is His heart always loving, not only are His ways always higher, but God's presence is always enough. What I mean by that is that as you and I are praying for things, as we're trusting God for things, my encouragement to you is to be satisfied not in the answer to prayer, but in the one you're praying to. That you would find your satisfaction in Him in the process, not the result. That that's where you would be. Just a couple examples from Scripture, and we can see them over and over again. But let's go back to David. David from the Old Testament, the, the second king of Israel the little shepherd boy who was forgotten by his family, who who was anointed to be the king of Israel, and over time became that, of course. And David lived a challenging life. A lot of it he brought on himself, some of it he didn't. But here was a guy who was hunted, hated. Here was a guy who had family problems. Here was a guy who lost a baby. Here was a guy who went through all kinds of different circumstances. And yet, in the midst of it all, he never let go of trusting in God. And then he said something in Psalm 23, which we know this psalm, so many of us, so well. I just want to bring us back to verse four. Look with me, because these are his words. He said this. He said, even though I walk through the darkest valley, in other words, a figure of speech, for even though I'm going through hard times, even though I'm going through circumstances and and places and, and situations that are painful and hard, this dark valley, he says, I will fear no evil. And why? He said, because you're with me. Because you're with me. See, somewhere along the line, David learned that he didn't want an on-demand God that showed up the way he wanted him to show up. Somewhere along the line, David learned that God being with him was enough as he walked through all the highs and the lows of life. That's what life is. There's plenty of each. But God's presence satisfied him enough. How about Job? Job, I mean, the famous person who went through the most extreme suffering. Job, who, who had everything it seemed, was wealthy and, and admired, and, and, and life was good, and then in well, quick swoops here, all of it was taken away. Family and wealth and health, all of that. And the big question in the book of Job is the why question. Maybe you've read through it yourself, and, and, and you go through this account, and you see all these things happen, and, and the question that's there is, well, why would God allow this to happen? And so Job's friends show up. He's got three buddies who show up, and these three buddies give these long, uh, very long, in fact, speeches, and they keep showing up, and they keep trying to answer the why question. Job, maybe you did something. Job's like, I didn't do anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a sinner like everybody else, but I didn't do anything to deserve this. And they're, they're wrestling the whole book through the why question. Then finally, at the end of the book, God shows up. And there's almost a sense as you read through the book of Job, it's like, okay, God's here. God's going to answer the why question. Because that's what we all want to know is, God, why did you do this? Why did you allow Job to go through this situation? And so God shows up, and God begins to speak to Job. And you know what's amazing about that passage where God shows up is that God never answers the why question. Not once. Never even brings it up. What does he do instead? He brings Job back to his character. He talks to Job about who he is. And at the end of the account, Job is completely satisfied and responds back to God, I am completely satisfied in you. Just you showing up and your presence in my life is enough. My circumstances haven't changed. At that point, nothing had changed for Job. And yet in that place of loss and hurt and pain, he was completely satisfied. Because God's presence is enough. I don't know where you're at this morning in life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what's on your prayer list or the, the burdens on your heart. But no matter how God is responding to your prayers, I want to encourage you this morning to come back to his heart is always loving. He's for you. He is hearing you. He is with you that God's ways are always higher, that you can trust Him, and that God's presence is enough. It's enough. You know what's really cool? Is that if you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to ask for those things. You don't have to ask for God's love. You don't have to um, uh, uh, wonder if God's character is, is wise, that you can trust Him. And you don't have to ask for His presence. He promises to be with you. One last scripture here this morning before I invite the band up. John chapter 14, starting in verse 16. Jesus is is speaking. He says this, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and he will be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit in you, his spirit in you, walking with you. You're never alone. As you trust him, as you walk with him through life. Band, you guys can come up if you would. Let me close with just one last, one last word. This morning, you, you may have an idea, you, you may think that you want God to answer all your prayers the way you're asking for him to respond. You don't. You don't. Trust God to lead your life, trust him. To be wiser than you are, lean into his plans, the plans he has for you. He will direct you in that. And so this morning I want to ask is your picture of God an on demand God? Or or are there ways that you kind of treat him like an on demand God to show up in your life the ways you want? Or have you come to a place in your life of submission to say, God, your heart is loving, your ways are higher. Your presence is enough. And in that place, I will be fully satisfied no matter how you answer prayer. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. But in the midst of praying, trust him. Trust him to lead you. Can we pray together? Let's do that. Let's let's just pray and, and thank God. Father, we thank you this morning for this chance to come back to your character, to consider who you are, and Lord, I know in this room, people enough this size, enough people here, that there's, there's things people are going through. There's challenges, there's points of stress and worry and frustration. There's what ifs and how are you gonna work? And there's prayers that are, that are being out there that are offered that it's just not resolved yet. And I pray for each one of us that we would persevere in that, that we would not give up heart or hope, that we continue to pray and trust you. And as we do, Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn more of who you are, and to be fully satisfied in you and in how you lead our lives. We thank you that we can trust you. We pray this in your name. Amen.